0: Oh, well, hello there, Awesomers, it's me, it's your old buddy, Steve Simonson, and I am back yet again for another Awesomers.com podcast, or videocast, or vlog, I'm not sure what the kids call them these days, but I'm back either way, and if you're listening to my voice or seeing my uh, face, then you're on the right track, and uh, bless your heart for, for tuning in, I thank you, and uh, if you haven't already, go ahead, click the subscribe and the share and the Reviews and so forth. Uh, if you haven't heard anything, you don't have to review yet. You can wait and give the five star uh, after this presentation. Now, if you have been listening and you haven't given me the the kindness of a review, I am asking you outright. Please go leave a review. I would prefer five stars to be honest with you, but if you hate me and you think this is stupid, it's okay to leave a one star and tell me why so I can get better. Ah. Uh, Although I'll probably ignore what you say and just keep being me, but your opinion is valid nonetheless, just not to me. All right. So that's the promotional end of this uh, discussion. Now we are in the Founder Foundations mini series, everybody. And we are going through a series of things that managers need to prepare, or let's say owners need to prepare their organization for, and ideally have their managers help develop training curriculum around a series of 31 topics, which i have giving you the precise outline for, and I'm expounding upon that outline beyond just saying, here's the title of the curriculum. Uh, I go into, like, here's why it exists, so contextual background, and here's the general nature of that content, without getting too deep into the, the technical details, if you will. Today's title, by the way, is Power Delegation and Conflict Management. So we're in the, the management module of our discussion. And the truth is, uh, there's a chance, uh, it's probably about 100% chance, that at some point there's going to be conflict within your organization. Uh, either workers not getting along or some other uh, subversive type of situation. And I say subversive not to, to judge people who have conflict as you know pariahs, but just to say that it it subverts and and otherwise is in opposition to productivity. So when you have conflict, you really do have to have a, a method for dealing with that conflict. And we're going to start with the front of the title of this episode: power delegation. This is when you eliminate a lot of those conflicts. So prevention is uh, always, uh, you know, they say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, and how you delegate something is the number one way you can avoid most of those conflicts. So what does power delegation mean? Well, power delegation means you're actually delegating a specific task with a due date and a a particular person who is assigned to it and, and all of the relevant parameters to get that uh, task completed. It does not include you emailing somebody and going, Hey, Um, What was the thing, you know, what was that sales report or what happened with that claim at Amazon or, you know, what was the, can you send me the customer details over there? Like those, that's the worst way to manage. It's not delegation, it's laziness. And I highly encourage you to avoid doing that. Uh, I'll give you a get out of jail free card on that entrepreneurs later, because anybody who's an entrepreneur is like, what? I can't just email people and tell them what to do. This is an outrage. Uh, and by the way, I'm part. I'm partly in that camp. Uh, I like to think of myself as too busy to go through and make a formal, you know, delegation request. And uh, and of course, I'm wrong about that in large part. But I can part of my get out of jail free card. I guess I'm giving it up now. Is that I can hire an executive assistant who will help me formulate those tasks instead of me doing it. So I may. Uh, send an email to uh, an executive assistant. And I would say, here's the task. Here's who I want to do it. Here's when I want it done, you know, or whatever priority, you know, so if there's not a deadline, I, I prefer deadlines, but if it's not a deadline, it's like, this is not so important. So you can, you know, take your time, slot it in when you want, or I say, this is urgent. I need it done by Monday. You want to give some sort of prioritization to it. And then whatever relevant details, like Here's what I'm looking for, and here's the resources you need to to find out that. If you can do that via email and you have an executive assistant, then write it up in a a task system so you're tracking it, and then you assign that task to somebody or your, your EA does that for you, fine. That's the get out of jail. Otherwise, you should do it yourself. Not only should you do this, it will help you articulate the... The task better when you are forced into some sort of constraints. Now again, I'm agnostic about your choice for task management. Whether you want to use Trello or Asana or ClickUp, uh, you know we largely use Parsimony for our task management because tasks are connected to projects. And as a as a simple example, I might have the you know the Steve Simonson General Project. This is just stuff I'm doing. And then I can go in and I can add a task to that so that to the extent that you're doing any sort of uh, time job costing or allocations of people's time, as we do across business units, when they do the, the job, they have to assign a business unit to it so that we appropriately allocate their time to that specific business unit. And again, I'm trying not to run down the rabbit hole too deep on this, but When you have multiple businesses and you have somebody who's a resource who may be shared amongst those businesses, particularly if you have a different cap structure for those businesses, I think you should be very, very careful about managing the time spent and allocating that time in a very careful way. For example, I tell my team, listen, I have partners in some of my businesses, and if you inappropriately put all your hours onto one of the businesses that I have a partner on, but really it should have been on one of the businesses that I'm an exclusive owner on, then I'm mistreating my partner. I'm kind of cheating them. And so please don't make me a cheater. Let's allocate your time very carefully. And so we do that with time cards and it's all linked to projects and tasks and so forth. That's one of the benefits of having an integrated uh, business operating system. Um, uh, For the audio listeners out there, you just missed a great jazz hands. Uh, that I did for the camera people. So it wasn't intended to be jazz hands, but the integration demonstration ended up being jazz handy. Here's my point, everybody. No matter what system you use, your objective is to have a systemic way of delegating and not just kind of calling it in. This is what most entrepreneurs like to do is instead of us... um, handing off a project or a task in a very clear and easy way to understand that has both a you know beginning and an end to it, we are more mushy about these things. And then later on, we remember we said to them to do this thing and we're we can't remember actually if it's done. Uh, again, I'm confessing my own sins here. And, and so there there becomes this animosity and it's like, did they do the job? are they working hard? What's happening? And of course, on their side, they're like, I don't even understand what this nut job's talking about. He, he keeps sending me email and I've already got a job. I'm working 40 hours a week over here and he keeps sending me more things to do. How is this supposed to fit into my day? So all of this becomes potential for conflict. And the the power delegation is to make sure that you are taking your objective, whatever that task happens to want to achieve. And assigning it in a very systemic way who's doing it when is it due what are the components required and again we document it in our system a task goes in there's literally a task number you know task number 9721 and it's assigned to steve and it's due on this exact date and the system will even remind me when it's due to go check it if i if i want those notifications um, I can share it with other team members if I if I need help. There can be subtasks to that task. So maybe I need to get this thing done, but I need three other subtasks to be completed by others. And I can go assign those to those people. And then when they're done, I can then wrap up my task. All of this is to say, everything is systemic, including how you delegate stuff. Uh, in a prior episode I mentioned and and reinforced the book review episode I did on the One Minute Manager Meets the Monkey. Uh, it is on the Osmers podcast series. Go back and listen to that. I highly recommend you understand the principles of delegation. That's the that's the book. And then the power delegation is the practice of actually doing it, right? How you delegate, how you interact with your people. This is gonna take out 80% of your conflict. Uh, to begin with, because now there's no um, there's no gray area. Uh, people, some people love the gray area, and those are people you want to get out of your company. Uh, but the people who don't like the gray area and are forced to live in the gray area because of your bad management practices, or let's just say the management practices not being well defined within your organization, that's that's you creating a gray area and creating consternation amongst your team not good for anybody and not only does it make them less effective and less efficient it makes them less happy uh one of the one of the management tools we use here i'll probably talk about it a little more in depth in our in our next and final episode is you know we call it the wednesday weekly wins where we just uh excuse well we we do do that where we ask people to you know share their wins there's another uh tool that we ask people um to contribute to and it's just it's called the uh pulse report and it, we just email them a simple type form and it's like scale of 1 to 10 how happy are you uh scale of 1 to 10 how uh, productive do you think you were scale of 1 to 10 uh how how good at system usage were you and we we go through five or six we can you know add more questions if we want but our objective is just to in in 60 seconds or less let them just tell us how they feel and that way the managers can, can look and go, well, gosh, you know, so-and-so is usually a, a 10 I'm working with others at, or an eight or whatever their normal benchmark is. And now there are six uh, I, I should investigate and figure out what's, what's happening here. Because finding conflicts early is your surest way of uh, quashing those conflicts. So what happens when you get conflict management? It, again, you are going to find conflicts are inevitable and, Ideally, your team will be able to work these things out themselves. And, you know, even when there's conflict, that there's a, a way of dealing with it. But prevention being the, the number one key. We've talked about delegation. Now let's talk about values. Very early on, we went into a discussion about, you know, your own uh, personal why, the company strategic objective. And within that, you know, there's a an additional area we could have done about company values. Um obviously in 31 days, I can't do everything that a company needs to do, but I'm trying to cover the big picture. But a, a little timer on company values is like, what do you believe? This applies to how people interact with each other. So, you know, as an example, I'm going to use the Empowery.com. If you go to the Empowery.com slash about dash us, you can see about the company. And instead of a, the trite silly mission statements, you know, we believe in doing, you know, uh, good for the world and high price or, you know, low price, high service, you know, all that uh, nonsense that is really just hollow and nobody believes it and nobody cares about it. We want to say what we believe, right? So we say, we believe in winning. We believe in the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We believe in long-term relationships. We believe that we're better together. We believe that entrepreneurs are changing the world for the better. We believe in putting our name on everything we do. We believe in entrepreneurs making the world a better place. And we believe a winning strategy is a prerequisite to success. We believe in honoring our commitments without exception. Uh, We believe in people, which includes our members, meaning in empowering, shareholding members, our team, people who work for us, and our partners who are related to the business. We believe in doing the right thing, even when nobody is looking, right? So that is another prevention, because when you have a conflict, you have to, you know, assuming that you or somebody in HR is uh, trying to be the referee, you start asking questions like, well, do you believe that we're better together? Do you believe in long-term relationships? So whatever this conflict is, we know we can get through it. Is everybody on board with that? And, you know, people are quick to say, yeah, I'm not the problem. They are. And so then you say, well, we put our name on everything we do. Did you put your name on this interaction? And you'll often find people start to get a little, little squeamish at this stage where they're like, well, <clears throat> you know, I probably could have handled this better. Or, you know, maybe I shouldn't have sent the email that way or or perhaps even, well, I sent the email, but the tone that they read it in was not the tone that I wrote it in. And then they they start a little dialogue and they they break through whatever their, their issues or, or conflicts are. And I have watched this. Again, this happens in every organization. And you either being unaware of it or oblivious to it or somehow just ignoring it and hoping it'll go away is not going to solve the problem. So having a process... To delegate well and then reduce and resolve conflicts is really, really important uh, from a management perspective. And you know, maybe maybe you just assume that this is not useful to you uh, based on the fact that you haven't had to deal with it. And I would just say, uh, well, that's probably a little naive, and you'll just have to, you know, uh, remember this later if you if it doesn't make sense now, because at some point you'll go, oh, ding. That little bell will ring, and you go. Old oh, Steve was right. My old buddy Steve was right. So uh, I want to just go over some general guidelines when you start thinking about when you work with people, the types of things that you want to you want to engender within your company, and make sure that they um, that these standards apply. One is like you should only have one manager. Anybody who's getting things delegated from more than one person is that's unacceptable, right? If you get a task and it's not from your manager, there should be some hierarchical reason why that is happening. This is less about being rigid about some sort of uh, you know chain of command. That's not the objective. It's just to make sure that somebody is not answerable to more than one person. Now, we're way open to the idea of if something needs to be done, even if it's not you know in your particular area of uh, expertise or responsibility and you go advocate to somebody in that area let's just say that you're managing you know marketing and and you you know um you go to finance and go gosh it would sure be nice if we sent out invoices you know 5 days ahead of time because that would make our customers happier for this that and that reason and finance either ignores you or you know says no uh it's not a problem in my book to say, you know what, I'm going to send them out anyway, or I'm going to uh, not send and, and replicate what the finance is doing, but send them a reminder for marketing it goes, hey, just so you know, we're voicing in five days. Here's the you know rough amount based on your history, because you're trying to take care of the customer. Uh, or you could even fight that, you know, those two department folks can go ahead and fight it, take it higher. And say, you know, sales says this is important for the customers, finance says no, and whoever's the next layer up, you know, it's like, it's fight, let's, let's get it done. And remember that when I say fight, I'm not trying to say, you know, let's have conflict for no purpose. I'm trying to say, let's get it over with. Let's just get to the heart of it. Everybody say their piece, let's everybody level set on our values. And as long as we don't have any values breaches, then everybody's probably still pretty respectful of the ultimate goals and desires of each other. In fact, what I've found is the more people understand what we believe, and by the way, they should believe this stuff too. If if they think that they're just repeating the company line and they don't actually have core authentic values and beliefs, they won't last long, uh, and they are not your people. So you really want to find those people. So again one one manager you know one one person that is allowed to you know kind of give directives this this would be uh let me say the exception is like i will go in and say i need these things done i might send it to a department manager because they can then delegate it or i might give it to the exact person that i want to do the job because i know that they're the best for that particular job that might be an exception to you know the the one manager but I'm not, I'm not their manager. They they have their BDM with somebody else. And by the way, if they don't like what I'm doing, they can tell their manager. The manager can either tell me or tell their manager. And at some point, I'll either have to correct my behavior or we'll go in and we'll fight it out and decide, you know, how this is going to work and make sure that everybody's happy. Conflict resolution really means addressing conflicts head on, and dealing with it. And I'll I'll give you a very quick story. Uh, I may have. Uh, talked about this before uh on the on the podcast, but not so long ago, I had um three departments, and one of the departments was doing something that two of the other departments thought was wrong or I don't remember even what the precise issue was to be honest with you, but basically three departments were you know, having a bun war. they're throwing things at each other and they're they're sending emails that have very terse tones to them. And this is this is a sign of conflict. When you start seeing emails where they're like, well, as I said in my previous email, uh, this was supposed to happen on this date and it did not. And then they're like laying out a court case. You know, you got a problem. So instead of like trying to adjudicate this thing on email, it's like, these are three key department heads. Um, they Each of those report to me and they're clearly having a fight. So it's fight time. Right. And I, I'm like uh, all three of you figure out a time and get on my calendar, you know, for next Monday meeting day. And we're going to, we're going to get to the heart of this now, uh, just, uh, you know, in hindsight, if if we were doing a, uh, you know, kind of behind the scenes tour, all of them panicked when they got that email because, not because I'm mean or or yell or anything like that, but it's just their natural reaction is, oh crap, we just thought we were sending emails out and stating our case. And even if we were doing it kind of in a jerky way, we just thought that would be the end of it. And we would say, you know, we're right, you're wrong. And, and we would just move on with our lives. We didn't know this was gonna be a whole thing. And I'm actually stepping up and saying, no, we're having a meeting because I don't want it to be a thing. So I'm actually trying to, Uh, eliminate and quash the conflict. So we have the meeting and I start the meeting by saying, Hey, just to be clear, nobody's in trouble. There's no issue here, except I'm trying to understand why we have this, what seems to be argument happening via email. And, and so I said, you know, let, let me just start by saying, you know, there, nobody's in trouble. I'm not mad. I didn't jump on and start yelling at anybody. I don't really yell. Uh, it, it takes a lot it's not that I've never yelled ever but it's rare and it takes a lot to get me to yell and even when I do it's it's most often probably not super appropriate so uh that means if you are a yelly boss or a yelly entrepreneur whatever level you're at I don't care if you're the owner or manager if you think that you know uh yelling is going to make your people do better work uh I don't I don't necessarily agree with you and by the way, I know you'll go, well, look at this coach. He yells at his players and, you know, curses at them and tells them to do better. And that motivates them. And they're, they appreciate it. They know that, you know, the coach is, is on their side and, and et cetera, et cetera. And I would just say, you know, unless you are literally a sporting team where that kind of environment might be more appropriate, you know, you got fans yelling and, you know, high pressure and, you know, you, you know, the passion of the moment may take over, then be professional. And, and don't be uh, kind of a jerk. I, I just don't think it's appropriate. Uh, I also will tell you that people don't like to be yelled at. And that chips away at their the amount of energy and the amount of loyalty they will have for you and for your company over time. Like, who do you want to work harder for? Somebody who cares about you? Somebody who holds you to a high standard, but is also reasonable with you, right? When When things are like if i make a mistake i will step up and go i screwed up everybody i apologize i'm sorry here's what i learned here's why i won't do it again and that's just like i would expect anybody else to do in the company so it really is that golden rule that i i talked about us believing in earlier so when we establish these you know these guidelines where you know everybody's got to respect each other's you know uh, responsibilities and you know we can't have um let's just say bad behavior, create a an environment where people don't feel either respected or they don't feel like they're um, being efficient with their time. But in remote organizations, you don't usually have uh, you know, as much face-to-face bullying, but it could happen on a Zoom call. And any of that stuff, you have to immediately just step in and shut it down um, and make sure that you really do understand that conflict quality, you know, inevitable, can be resolved. The faster you deal with it, the better, right? You should do the hardest things first, always. That's that's a core awesomers lesson. Take whatever the hardest thing you have to do for the week and do it the very first hour of the very first day you're working. And that includes resolving conflicts. Don't let it fester. Don't let it go on. It will never be better by waiting, uh, despite our our wish to procrastinate ah uh, by the way any any things that would be considered exceptions to a system it's it's important that you consider you know who's responsible for something and then again blame the system like what went wrong in our system that produced this negative outcome how do we avoid it in the future who's taking responsibility to adjust the sops or to otherwise modify the system so that we can avoid this in the future Everybody's taking whatever appropriate monkeys. And then it's like, and what date do we check back to make sure this is all working? We're going to do it 60 days from now. And because it's all in a document, right? All of these things can be documented in your system. And a date can be set to remind you. The the date that pops up and let's say you have a meeting or just even a, a cursory review. You don't even have to have the meeting. You can just look at it and go, all right, did they get these tasks done? Are there any comments in this? Yeah, everything looks good. It's all done. You don't have to think about it anymore. And contextually, you're right back to where you became or where you came from, and what created that situation because of the documentation that exists. And all of these documents can live in in whatever system you have. And they don't have to be hard documents. In fact, I don't even think of them as documents. They're they're just data tables, right? Uh, a task is a you know a table of data. Here's the task. Here's the date. Here's who is assigned. And here's the responsibilities and the task might relate to a project and there may be other similar uh, data tables that you have. So however you want to think about it, know that delegating correctly will prevent a ton of conflict. But when you inevitably do find a conflict between team members, you must squash it. And then once you, assuming that you have to get involved in it, like the story I gave you earlier. Then you remind your leadership team and say, "Now, next time you guys face a situation like this, don't start with the the accusatory emails or the the things that could be taken out of context. Get on the phone, have a face to face Zoom call, cameras on. None of this, no camera on stuff where people can be doodling or you know watching a video or you know whatever else and not paying any attention. Cameras on." Let's have attention. Let's have eye contact. Let's talk to each other. And let's resolve whatever conflicts exist. That This is a fundamental piece of management uh, that really everybody needs to understand. So there you go. I hope it's helpful, Awesomers. I appreciate you. And thank you for listening. We're out for right now, but we'll be back soon. Bye, everybody.